Two. No. Podcast. With Chad Ferguson. And we're live with Ray Lou. How's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. Nice. I'm going to uh, mess with the cameras a little bit here while we're working. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ray, uh, we met online through uh, your girlfriend, Nikki, who's been on yeah. the podcast. You're uh, a teacher, an art teacher to be specific. Oh. An artist. An artist. Uh, what else are you? You're a fine arts advisory council, um, and you do youth art shows. Yeah, I That's curate. What I yeah. was super interested in hearing about the, the youth art shows. Yeah, so uh, I think this is our sixth or seventh show. Um, I've done it in the past with my my art classes. Yeah. Uh, and now that I'm a generalist, meaning that I teach everything, yeah. uh, and my art classes have kind of been taken away. Uh, I just kind of shoot, shoot it out to all the youth in the city. And, um, yeah, this year was misres- it's, it's called misrepresentation. Okay. Uh, because we wanted to have uh, viewpoints of what young females feel about themselves and how they're portrayed in the media. Very cool. Um, yeah, so, so the show's on right now at Studio C down in uh, Marta Loop. And uh, all the proceeds go back to the artists uh, because I just want to keep them inspired and keep yeah. going with the arts. So are they? You just selling tickets to the show, or are they actually selling their art down there? They're selling their art down there. That it's a, is it's awesome. A, yeah, it's a free. It's a free space. Uh, so it, the public can just go in whenever. Yeah. Um, they're closed on weekends, though I believe. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so yeah, so, uh, a couple pieces have already been sold. Uh, Very I think cool. The highest was 150. Wow. Yeah. For a, what are the age group of the artists? Uh, I think our youngest was about eight years old. Yeah. And I think our oldest is about 21, 22, 23-ish. Okay. Yeah. So so it's quite the range. I was super excited to hear this because my 14-year-old is, a, is an artist. And she's not very big in letting it out there into the public yet. She did have an Instagram art page and then right. she kind of uh, shut it down. She, she doesn't like criticism at all. It's scary. Um, but she it, it, it is. I mean, and I know from doing the podcast, mm-hmm. the same thing. Like people just say, you suck. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. You're allowed to think I yeah. suck. Yeah. Um, but uh, teenagers in particular, is harder for, I think, mm-hmm. for them to put their stuff out there. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's so important for me uh, as, a, as, a, as a visible minority uh, immigrant yeah, uh, coming here with no language and stuff like that. That uh, it is scary, it, and and it's through art that you that I found my own self confidence in. Cool. And I think it's so important that uh, young people get that avenue to express themselves uh, freely and and without judgment. Right? Yeah. Even though it is the, in the art world, which is <laughs> like a complete paradox. It's uh, all about judgment because when you buy totally art, is. you buy it because you like it, mm-hmm. right? And you don't buy it when you don't yeah, like it. Yeah. So everyone is, if you're not selling, you just assume people don't like your art. Or you're outpriced. <laughs> or you're outpriced. Well, that could be true too, yeah. Yeah. The um, I'd like to know about that experience of coming to Canada too without having any, um, you know, you obviously didn't speak English when you came, is, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you moved here from China? Uh, I was born in Hong Kong. And, okay. Um, yeah, and I think it was about two months. Uh, when when my parents decided to immigrate, yeah, um, and that was during like just crazy stuff down out in China, right? So, what year was that? Nineteen eighty ish. Okay, uh, and you were you were a baby when they came. I was over. a baby. Yeah, yeah, I was a baby. So, uh, yeah, and it's it just uh, I didn't realize a lot about about it until later on, uh, where I talked to my dad. Uh, and some of his trauma about just coming to, to a new new country, a new world, and new language and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, he literally just stepped off the boat with no shoes, like literally. Wow. Um, was, what was he in China? Was he a farmer or? Uh, he was a kid. 
He, he didn't oh, even okay. finish school. Like both my parents uh, yeah. never finished school. How, how old were they when they came here? Uh, I think, I, I want to say early 20s. Yeah, that is so, a kid. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, kid, but right? yeah, normally twenties yeah. is a kid. Yeah, still. you're still pretty much a kid, right? You don't know much, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I and and I never realized that when I was a kid, uh, and just hearing some of that stories, and and it just makes sense, right? Like it just kind of clicks because yeah. one of the, his big things uh, was that none of his kids would ever go barefoot. Yeah, like it didn't matter how expensive our shoes were, uh, you're gonna get those shoes. Yeah, doesn't matter what. Like if I have to work three jobs, four jobs, whatever, you're getting those shoes. It's a different motivation, right? It is. Yeah. And, and and for us back then, it was just like, why why is he so obsessed with this, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why shoes of all things? Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I think I think that was that was his thing. It's just that he was so traumatized that he looked around, everyone had shoes, and and he looked at his own feet, and he didn't have any. And, right. Feel and, out of place and and just poor, right? Yeah. Like the the embarrassment or the shame, being ashamed of of who you are and where you came from was yeah. was powerful, and that was crazy. We uh, we were talking about this last night actually. I've got a friend, uh, an East Indian friend, and when I grew up in Surrey, BC, there was it was literally like maybe one or two Asian families, um, no brown people, no right. black people. It was all white. Right, right. And then when I was probably about grade nine or ten, we got this massive influx of right. immigrants from um, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And of course, a bunch of white kids that never met brown people. Right. We didn't really know how to handle it. And it was, I think about it now, it was the same on the other side. There was all these people, like mm-hmm. I'm sure your dad felt they came over and like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know yeah. how to react. You know, you're you're trying to fit in, trying not to lose your culture. Right. And it just created so much animosity, especially mm-hmm. between young people, mm-hmm. right? There was like... I. I openly admit that I was racist back then, meaning yeah. that it was just complete ignorance and I treated them poorly right. because of my ignorance. Right. And uh, when you get to know who they were or why, even just thinking about how they were feeling, now looking back, it's very easy to do and go, oh, mm-hmm. well, they're the same as me. They didn't understand yeah. my facial expressions <laughs> or my comments or right. like, you know, and they right. were probably in a much harder spot because I oh. was at home mm-hmm. and they were coming into a brand new setting. Yeah, it's just, yeah, this is just the struggles right like uh my grandparents raised us uh my parents always had two three jobs wow um yeah what, what kind of stuff did they do when they were here uh just low low paying stuff right like caretaking cleaning yeah um yeah it was just like just low end stuff right, right. um but, but yeah they never they never complained they they just kept working hard yeah and just to make sure that we were comfortable yeah. uh we had clothes we had food yeah we had shelter uh, but it was crazy, like, like, yeah, and I think it was only in the past five, ten years that I just kind of looked back at that and go, right. whoa, this is kind of crazy of where we started and where we are now, and yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. I think we're missing a little bit of that in the Canadian culture that we think we deserve well-paying jobs and mm-hmm. we think we deserve comfort and we think we're uh, people that are coming into the country, they see our country is an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're going, oh, there, there's so much better for us here than there was, say, in Syria or the, mm-hmm. the Middle East or, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. even China for a yeah. lot of people that they're, uh, they just, they wouldn't have that same opportunity where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And Canadians miss that a little bit. The, the, the born and raised Canadians, yeah. they, they don't, they don't have that same drive. Mm-hmm. Even like the second generation or third generation, like Chinese Canadians or whatever, right? Like, like I see it in my classrooms all the time. Yeah. Uh, that, man, some of you guys just don't have that work ethic. Like, like just imagine what your parents had to do and go through to, to put you here. Yeah. And and here you are just kind of wasting away yeah. those opportunities. Like, it's it's heartbreaking at times. But uh, but I think you, 
as a teacher, as an educator, uh, I, I kind of see that flip side too, right? Yeah. That, oh, everything comes easy. Yeah. But, but it doesn't. No. If you want to have anything good in this life, it's going to be work. It's going to be a challenge. Yeah. There's a book, I think, I can't remember what book it came out of, if it was Tribe or The Way of Man, but they were talking about how adversity drives human beings to be better. And so, you know, the the, the depression rate in England um, before the Second World War was extremely high. Mm-hmm. Um, suicide rates were high. Anxieties were high. As soon as the war started, all went away. They mm. all had a reason to get up and be mm. diligent during the day and to, to work hard to get, right. you know, not, to, to, to not die, to, right, to right. not be hurt. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're missing a little bit is this adversary. adversary. The people that put it in their life purposely, whether it's through uh, physical exercise or a sport or learning a new language or um, even educating yourself, mm-hmm. those are the people that uh, excel, that it's it's very, very good for them to have those challenges every day. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, I realize that, and I think that through the arts, like that, there's your passion, right? That's, yeah. that's your reason of getting up. Um, and before I'm at my current school, I was working at a art-centered school where we had a lot of mental health uh, issues with young people. Okay. Uh, and a lot of these kids uh, came to our program just simply because it was the arts. It was, it's what they loved, whether it was dance, whether it was the dramatic arts, whether it was visual arts, whether it was whatever art, right? Yeah. They were there because of that. And uh, and I saw the power of that, and I was so honored and proud to be an art teacher there and yeah. have these kids. Uh, Does the school excel. still exist? It still exists. Um, I think from from the things that I've heard... Uh, it's not doing too well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just, yeah, just, just because politics, right? Like education is, is an interesting beast yeah. uh, in itself and there's politics and how things are run and it's, yeah, it's messy. So. I, uh, I have a friend that's very much against the, uh, the, the, the education system that we have now so much so he's homeschooling and paying mm. for tutors and that kind of stuff because he doesn't like the way the school um you know the curriculum for one right. and then how a lot of teachers I, I shouldn't even say a lot his opinion is a lot i don't think it is that a lot of teachers are just there because it's 180 days you get your summers off it's it's a i don't want to say it's an easy gig but in his opinion it's an easy gig and uh they're there for the wrong reasons they're not really there to educate kids right. and to they're not excited i mean mm. we went to school too you've met yeah. Teachers that oh, were not excited about absolutely. being teachers. Absolutely, um, you seem like the kind of guy that love loves being in a classroom. I love what I do. Uh, it's given me so many so much opportunities too, right? In, on a selfish level, yeah. Um, but but when you connect and you see those kids find a passion and and go for it, uh, even some of these kids at this uh, this last art show that I've curated, uh, the misrepresentation show, these are kids that I've taught five, ten years ago. Yeah. And they still keep in touch and they still send me pictures and say, hey, Mr. Lou, um, can you critique this for me? And it's like midnight and I was like, sure, why not? It's art. I love it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, I'm not going to be ashamed to say it, but yeah, some people that are there just for the, the, the paycheck, right? Right. Uh, that it's easy, but it's not. And I think the the teachers who do put in so much time and effort uh, and, and, and again, and the general public, I don't think really understands until they are friends with a teacher or right. have a relationship with a teacher or, or is uh, related to a teacher that figures out, oh my God, like you guys do so much. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's insane. Like yeah. sometimes I'm working till midnight, marking papers, yeah. uh, and then throw on top of, uh, the art shows and the coaching. I was coaching yesterday till four. My day starts usually about seven, seven thirty. Yeah. 
Uh, and then I don't go home till like four or five. Yeah. And then you do your marking. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's kind of insane. Uh, a lot of my, my friends who are not in the, the system, uh, they're like, yeah, we want to do you until like winter break, or <laughs> spring break. We get it. <laughs> right. And then even in the summer, it's just like, we'll give you your first month just so that you can kind of like calm down, relax, yeah. uh, get your head back in the game. And then we'll hang out in that second half of summer because you're just so wound up. Yeah. Uh, and you just need that time to re-energize before you even like talk to people do you do you see a lot of the teachers um teaching the way you do like it's like you th- with the passion with the excitement volunteering after hours you know coaching that kind of stuff or is are you the minority in that that teaching group uh i think i'm, I'm lucky at the school that i'm at i think there's a lot of teachers that put in a lot of work yeah uh am i gonna say 100 percent? no uh and I'll even admit, I, I don't give 100% all, every day. <laughs> well, right? like, no one really it's, does. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to keep that energy going. Uh, but, I, but I will say that I'm never, ever away. Yeah. Uh, like, even if I have a slight cold, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Um, only if I'm, like, on my dying deathbed that yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> taking it off or someone's nagging me to stay home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm there. Um, the, the the kids are fun. Like I I enjoy being in the classroom. I enjoy dissing the kids. I enjoy, <laughs> uh, but again, and, and that's part of just the relationship piece, right? Like a lot of these kids know that hey, yeah. you're just kidding, and 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 I'm free game too. Like if you want to diss me, go ahead. Like yeah. if we're having fun and we're learning, uh, everybody wins, right? Uh, and it makes my life a little less stressful. I uh, I had a buddy that was a teacher, and thankfully he's he's retired, and he he retired for that reason. Where he's like, I don't even like being around him anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was stressful for him to go to school. Mm-hmm. It was stressful for him to be in the classroom and listen to what you know the grade eight to grade ten. I think he yeah. was teaching or something like that. And he it took him a little bit, but he finally recognized recognized that he didn't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was good that he stepped away. But I think a lot of teachers stay because they're afraid to do something. Yeah, else oh, ta- that, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think the trap is, and I, I've been talking to one of my buddies about it, is that, oh, man, do I want to grind it out for another 10 years because then I get full pension <laughs> and all that, that good stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but I hope that a lot of us, or at least in my case, that that I'm cognizant enough that when it's time that I can step away and just say, hey, you know what, this isn't for me. Yeah. Uh, is that another five years, 10 years? I don't know. Uh, but but there is a part of me right now that's kind of itching to do other stuff. Uh, the art stuff is calling yeah. Uh, I, I think I have a lot of support with that art stuff, the especially the youth stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's not, that's not, there's there's no outlet for that in the public right now. Right. Um, so am I contemplating? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely giving it some serious thought. Uh, there's a lot of people who've stepped up and said, hey, we'll mentor you as an entrepreneur. We'll teach you how to do the nice. ins and outs. But the only thing that's holding me back is my own fear. So, yeah. <laughs> so and I'm and I and I recognize that as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but I also want to do it right. So it's kind of like incubating in the back of my head. Uh, and I know, I know I have a lot of former students who are like, hey, Mr. Lou, when you do this, hire us and, yeah. and we're, we're there or we'll volunteer or whatever it needs for you to get this off the ground, we'll, we'll do it. So uh, like I said, I, I'm so blessed with this career yeah. um, and, and the people that I've managed to touch that uh, even after 10, 15 years uh, going, a lot of these kids are still coming back and, hey, we got your back and nice. And we're going we're gonna to help you out whichever way you want. So, so- cool. Are you teaching art outside the school at all? Like, what, what does that look like for you? I'm not teaching any art. Uh, I teach, like, our school's a little bizarre. Um, <laughs> I've, taught, I've taught basically three 10-week sessions of art to my grade sevens. Um, 
that doesn't really fit the whole curriculum. I couldn't do sculpting. I couldn't do some of the other stuff. Um, so it's a little different. Uh, and now I'm teaching business, which is kind of interesting. Um, that's pretty cool. And, and it's, it's almost like there's an art to that too. It is an art, uh, in, in itself. Right. And, and I can argue that pretty much anything that we do is, is an art form. Right. Um, you have to be somewhat creative in almost everything you do, unless you're yeah. like factory fill and boxes mm-hmm. kind of job. Press a button kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, and again, I'm like, I'm challenging how business is taught. I want to do it more as not kids going out and just ordering a bunch of pizzas and reselling it. Or I, I guess what they call it is the lemonade stand model, Yeah, uh, which I think is kind of outdated. So I really want them to think about real world problems, creating solutions, uh, and just rapid prototyping a bunch of it and then seeing what works. Right. Uh, so the creative thinking, the problem solving, the working in teams, the listening to each other, the communication piece, um, and just how real, like, real businesses work, right? Like, right. what do we well, have? That, that's what real business is, is yeah. solving someone else's problems yeah. for them, right? Exactly. So, or giving people what, what's missing. Exactly. Right? Uh, and not necessarily that we're just going to take a ready-made product yeah. and, and do it. I, and I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it. I just think it's an old-fashioned way to doing it. Yeah. And moving forward, I think we need to just kind of be a little different and challenging things. And, this first week, I've only been I've only been teaching business for a week. I've yeah. never done it before. Uh, the you, kids seems to have bought into that system, so it's pretty cool. Do you develop the curriculum for this, or um, to be honest, because I'm so busy with everything, <laughs> I haven't really looked. Okay, <laughs> so you're just kind of on the fly um, talking about so, the next. Yeah, talk. so just kind of like doing doing whatever. Uh, I do have support. I'm not saying that I'm doing it. Uh, on the cuff of my, my head or whatever, yeah. uh, that I'm in conversations with people downtown and the Calgary board of education and say, Hey, this is, what am I doing? I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have business. My first day is tomorrow. What am I doing? Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm lucky that I, again, I have some good, good support and some good network. Um, so, so the person downtown that I talk to a lot is Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Chan. So there's, there's, there's your there's shout a out. plug. There's a plug. Uh, and, and she, she's, she's, she's been wonderful. She's, uh, She's she's pulled me into a lot of stuff, right? So yeah. there's seminars that she's hosting, so she drags me into that, and I'm there prototyping and listening and, and learning. Cool. Uh, so like I said, I, this this career has been such a blessing, uh, even though there are days where that has been frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but even the frustrating days is, is more just feeling bad for the kids that yeah. go through some of the crap that they get put through. And, and you just care so much and you just don't get it, right? You, you know that they're suffering and... Oh, yeah. And there's nothing you can do. Like, I, your hands are tight. I try to teach that to my kids because they talk about, you know, the, the bad kid in school, the kid that's vaping mm. or smoking or yeah. swearing or, you know, the, the bully kid or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I think you guys need to cut him a little bit of a break because he's probably mm. coming from someplace that's just not very healthy and he mm. doesn't know how to talk to people or how to communicate right. or he doesn't even know that he can tell people, mm. like, this is what's happening at home and it's not yeah. normal. He probably yeah, yeah. doesn't even know it's not normal yeah. or she doesn't know it's not normal. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny watching because I got a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old and yeah. I hear about the things. They they talk to me and um, I'm like, man, like it's different than when I oh, was in absolutely. school. It's not. It's hard now. It's hard to be a kid now. Yeah, it's, with it's the, the social media, the the type of bullying that's mm-hmm. going on. The, Even um, just the pressures, right? Like, yeah. like the pressures from home, the pressures that they put on themselves, teacher expectations, like their their own mindset of what success is is, yeah. is crazy and and even and I think something that the schools don't do very well of uh, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this <laughs> is that 
I think there's the empathy piece that's missing, right? Mm. So I tell from my, the school side, uh, from from everyone, yeah, like, right? Like parents can't empathize because sometimes we're so disconnected with what they're doing today, and we're stuck in our own rigid way of seeing and learning. Yeah, um, just all sorts of stuff, and and I just find. Even with the bullying stuff, right? Like I tell my kids at the beginning of the year, I don't care if you learn anything in my class, but I hope you damn well know how to be a good person. And right. that's my only goal. Yeah. If you guys can all turn out to be nice, decent <laughs> human beings, I've done my job. Like the, the kids who are passionate, they're, they're going to find a way to do math. They're going to find a way to do writing and yeah. everything else, right? But those kids that struggle, like, hey, man, just just be a good kid and be a good person and everything else will come around for you. Like it'll, it'll happen eventually. Yeah. The, uh, we, we talk about that all the time. We're in, um, church groups and family mm-hmm. groups and stuff like that. We talk about what our goals are as parents and what we're trying to, uh, accomplish. And I said, honestly, like if my kid comes home with a C in math, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. I'll say, I'll encourage them to try a little bit harder, but I want them to come away uh, as as good people. I mm-hmm. want my daughter to be a good woman and a good mother and a good nurturer, and I want my son to be all those same things mm-hmm. again. And so if we only concentrate on on grades and, and yeah. what the teachers think, then they're, they're just not going to be in that mm-hmm. good adults, right? right? And that's our job is to make our kids good adults. Yeah, just good people. That's it, that's yeah. It, right? they're, they're, Recognize... they're nice, they're caring. Yeah. Um, I think if you added in there, maybe giving them the desire to learn. So mm. I didn't have that desire when I was younger, and that's why the podcast is called <laughs> I Want to Know, because yeah, now yeah. You I, wanna learn. there's so much information out there yeah. and just not enough time to get it all oh, in. Absolutely. And this is one way that I can do it is mm-hmm. by having podcasts and then also by listening to them. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'd have to say that that maybe is one of the, the best teaching tools um, my phone's going off like crazy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Best teaching tools. And maybe it's going to be the, the way of teaching in the future is that you'll no longer be in a classroom. You'll be in front mm-hmm. of a camera. And then you can reach, oh, it's, instead it, of 30 kids, you could reach 300,000 It's, it's already happening, right? Like you look at TEDx and TED-Ed and all sorts of the, the TED channels, right? Like yeah. All these kids are on YouTube. They're like self-teaching themselves all sorts of stuff, right? I have a, I have a kid that's uh, in my art show. And she's like video editing now. She's like doing all sorts of stuff that's not offered in schools. Right. But she's picking it up off of whatever. That's like, how I learned to do what I'm doing right now. Oh, totally. Right. <laughs> like it's, I, we I like, just figured it out. Yeah. Even like my art stuff. I'm a self taught person. Like yeah. I, I think I had one really good teacher yeah. uh, in art that really pushed me. Um, and, and that was it. And then in high school, it was just like, blech, whatever, man. Like our, our teacher was retiring. She knew she was retiring. And she didn't teach us anything. Like oh. it was, it was brutal. So I, yeah. so looking back, I was like, oh man, I hope I'm not that teacher that when I'm retiring that I just sit at my desk and not do anything. Give assignments right? and, and mark that was them. And, yeah. and probably not even mark it. Probably just like looked at it and go, hey, yeah, that's a whatever. And, <laughs> and yeah. away we go, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I do feel kind of gypped in my own education that, man, I, just imagine what I could have learned. Right. Um, and again, that's just in hindsight. Like when you're a kid, you don't really like think about those kinds of things you're just like oh sweet it got 100 percent. but why (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what what got you interested in teaching what what was Um, the 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 motivation for you to go down that path (laughs) kind of a long story then um so being being raised in a very traditional chinese family uh and being being so passionate about the arts uh my parents were against that 
uh, my family was against that. Like, I, I'm not even going to say just my parents. It was like everybody was against it. About being a teacher? No, about being an artist. Oh, being an artist. Because that was my first passion, right? Right. Was, and, I, and I told everybody, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in the art field. I'm going to do either animation or comic books or whatever. Like, like here's like, I, I was a kid that just like, there was no boundaries. I was like, I was thinking outside the box. And maybe that's what a creative person does. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, no, it's not just like, the old dead guys that <laughs> that makes the money, right? Like for their for yeah. their kids, but there's advertising. There's like there's so much more out there that's art related that uh, the traditional parents don't see, mm-hmm. right? And and I still battle that as a teacher or as an art teacher that a lot of people are like, oh, that's such a dead end thing. But now you think about video games, you think about animation, you think about all these things that people can get into. Um, but anyways, um, so to kind of compromise that I wanted to keep my foot in the arts. I told my parents that, okay, I will teach or I'll go into education and then that way I can still do my art and then hopefully I can bridge the two and, and just continue doing what I love. Yeah. Uh, and also, it, it, it so you're a problem solver. You're like, mom and dad, let me do this. That's right. So, so I'm going to compromise. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to compromise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then when I was in, when I was in, I was it junior high or high school. I think it was like, I think I did a couple times in junior high. Um, when all the cutbacks were happening in the education system, they took all these specialists out. So there was no art programs or no art teachers, stuff like that. So, so sometimes my grade six or my grade five teacher would call me up and go, hey, uh, you're such a good artist. Do you want to come in and just kind of like do weird, silly lessons with our grade five and sixes? Oh, wow. So I would come in and I would teach my brothers and his friends and because my brothers were in grade five and six at the time. Uh, and I would just do that. And I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't bad. So I kind of got a taste of it like pretty early. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then it kind of continued to high school with my preps. So whenever I was on a prep, uh, teachers would call up and say, hey, you have a prep? Do you want to? Or I guess it was a spare. <laughs> I'm teaching teacher talk as a prep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have a spare. You want to come in and, and do some lessons with, with, our, with our guys. And, and yeah, I, I was always there. And yeah, and it just kind of continues. I was like, oh, I guess I'm pretty good at it, or I'm yeah. decent at it, or I, at least I can like come up with a lesson plan. Uh, so then I was like, well, I don't want to just make money with it. So, <laughs> so yeah, awesome. so that, that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was thinking back to uh, we were talking about teaching uh, business. How open is the school board to adding these extra classes in like middle school and high school? Because I have a buddy that uh, teaches at the Catholic school and he decided he wanted to teach the kids about logistics. And so he just developed a class and now he's teaching that at the, the high school. I think if you're, there's, there's a lot of things called CTF or CTS. Uh, in public school systems now. What, what are those? Uh, so they're career technology foundations or career technology studies. Okay. Uh, I think CTF is in the middle school uh, grades. Yep. Uh, and then CTS is in the high school level. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically trades like mechanics, engineering, uh, 3D printing, shop, foods. All that goes into that CTF, okay. CTS uh, section. So logistics, business, things like that you could technically create a module that f- pulls in some of these strands. Okay. So you could technically teach it and yeah. call it something, right? Like creative problem solving, I think was something that uh, we had when I was in school and that was considered an option, right? I had business when I was in school too and that was considered an option. Yeah. Uh, but, now, but now I think this, the, the system has just kind of broken it all open so that if you want to teach certain things, you could do modules of them, right? Okay. And they'd be worth like different types of credits, yeah. especially in the high school level. Well, and I didn't realize that until recently. That's how university works. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, 
if you're going to go to a university for business, you're going to want to find yeah. a professor that's maybe done some business, not mm-hmm. just taught it because yeah, they've yeah. got some actual yeah, real life, right? Because anyone could develop a course and mm-hmm. if they've got their uh, degree, they're... Yeah. they're they but you can... want the experience, right? You want to learn from a master. Right. You want to just like learn from a guy that read it from a book. Right. Reba which... McIntyre teaches uh, the business of music right. in the Nashville University, mm-hmm. which who better Makes could sense. you get as a teacher? Exactly. Someone that's taken it from exactly. nothing to something yeah, great. Exactly. So picking your school, it'd be super, super important. Oh, totally. Hopefully, high schools move in that direction and maybe even elementary schools in the future where kids can be more focused. I think, is it Foundations for the Future that does that sort of right now? Like you have to learn English and math and yeah, social. phonetically. Yeah. But you can spend a majority of your time playing the flute or being art or so. being physical. I believe so. Um, which to me, sounds like a way better school to go into than being stuck in English for 14 hours. And <laughs> X just, amount of time. I don't care about writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about Shakespeare. I care about playing football. Like, mm-hmm. Why can't I play football? But there's, I think Alberta is kind of really special. Um, when I was in university, uh, Alberta was known as probably one of the best provinces with uh, differentiated learning. So we had our charter system, we have our pro- private system, we have our public system. And within all those systems, we had specialty-like schools, right? So if you're an athlete, there's a school called The Edge. And that's where all the athletes go go to. And they have, like, ice time. They have swimming teams. They have... they I do all these. heard of this. It's insane. Like, yeah. they're, it's crazy, right? Uh, I think there's a international art school in Calgary. Uh, that's a private school. Uh, there's all sorts. Like, there's foundations that you mentioned. There's traditional learning. There's a yeah. science school. There's, like, all sorts, right? Yeah. Uh, and that... The, and they all follow different philosophies. So if a parent knows their kid, you go, oh, you know what? You're an athlete. We're rich. <laughs> I'm going to send you to the edge, right? That's the other problem, uh, right? That's right. That the, 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 the families that are more middle to lower income mm-hmm. don't, don't get the same choice. No, and, and that's kind of the sad part. Yeah. Uh, and I also think kind of like even with our, the, the public system is a little sad because there's a lot of specialists. Like I'm an art specialist. I, I do shows. I, I've sold art pieces and stuff like that, but I'm stuck teaching everything right right uh and i've brought up the whole point of man if you go to a buffet do you want a steak dinner or do you want to sample everything and if you want a steak dinner should you go to a buffet <laughs> exactly uh, and and if you want to get that education i'm not saying i'm a bad teacher but do i think that other people can teach math science language arts history better than i can oh absolutely because they're they're trained in that yeah uh, but if you want a good or a great art education Come see me. Come find me. Like, right. I, I, I can probably do that. But if you're in the general um, school system, the general public, then they, they can't choose what school they go to. Like, I can't go to my 14-year-old and say, hey, you, um, right. yeah. uh, I need you to go get taught yeah. by Mr. Liu and then ship her across yeah, yeah. Airdrie or Calgary, wherever you're teaching yeah. to, to which do is, that. Which is the sad part, right? Because yeah. it's all drawn up by boundary lines and stuff like that. And even then, even if you, you do ship your kid to me, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be teaching the things that I want to teach, yeah. right? <laughs> so, so, well, so yeah. if you had the magic wand that could change the, the school system to whatever you wanted it to be, what would that look like? Uh, I'd like it to be more real-world experience. Uh, I'd like it to be more integrated. I don't want things to be all, like, choppy. So I don't want you to have, like, 45-minute hum or humanities. Here's a 45-minute block of language arts. I yeah. want it all blended. I want it to be, like, experience-based. I want it to be, uh, like, as an artist, hey, we're going to put on an art show. You're, right. You're going to learn how to be an artist. Yeah. You're going to create In your pieces. six months, we're going to have a show. You're going to have three pieces ready, whatever That's they're right. going to be. And Yeah, yeah. And, and here's your concepts, right? So it's more concept-based than, because, again, as an artist um, and the traditional thinking, and 
and this is interesting because uh, I had a principal once. This was like, how can a kid fail art? You're, you're, you're failing kids in art. That's, yeah. that's not doable. It's like, well, if they're not creating art, how can you then pass how them? Can you pass them? Yeah. If they're just drawing a stick man, just to draw a stick man with no concept or no idea of why they're doing it, why should I pass them? Yeah. Like, give me a story behind it. Give me a concept. Give me a reason why it exists. And that I think that all artists uh, kind of fits in that mold is that we do things that has a reason for it, right? Right. Um, and it doesn't just exist in its own plane. So if I were to create a school, it would be experience-based, real-world implications, um, and giving kids those experiences that, oh, this is cool being an artist. Like, this is fun. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm changing the world with whatever invention that I have or whatever business model that I'm doing, right? Yeah. And letting them do that and having and pulling in entrepreneurs and like people who actually have those experiences working with teachers. Like yeah. a teacher's not gonna be able to teach you biology if they've never been in a lab, in a lab and right? And it's just book chemicals. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So bring the experts in, uh, and let kids actually really experience the real world stuff and and not just oh, it's just a book and we're reading paragraphs or memorizing memorizing stuff or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh but that yeah, that would be and I wish I, would I wish I had more teachers like you going through school. <laughs> I wish I had money so I could create that school. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? There's lots of people out there that uh, they don't seem to focus on um, education as much as they should. There's mm-hmm. some uh, definitely people with money that want this stuff to happen, mm-hmm. but there's no one to lead it up. And I'd love to see, uh, hopefully, and I've said this on the podcast a couple of times, I have Brett Wilson coming mm-hmm. on my uh, podcast from the cool, Dragon's cool. Day. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone's like, can you plug this? Can you plug yeah, yeah. that? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I just want to know about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, guys like him that are, you know, I don't know what he's worth, maybe a mm-hmm. billion dollars or two billion dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he could probably start anything, anywhere, mm-hmm. um, and uh, make it super, super successful. Mm-hmm. But uh, not many people are looking at the education. Bill Gates no. sort of yeah. does, but not in the U.S. Mm-hmm. He wants to do it in uh, um, Africa and right. South America. But what does that say? Right. What does it say about our own value of education, right? Like like we look at it in, on a global sense. Yeah, there's tons of like super intelligent people that never gets the opportunity to to express or to, to learn or to, to, to do, right? right? Uh, and we look at us. And it's like we're, we're probably the entitled countries right that oh free education um but there are kids like in china that are walking two three kilometers every day in in the cold yeah and i and i showed my kids this um i think the kid's called uh <coughs> frost kid or something like that mm-hmm. and he had a he had a final and he had to walk i think three or four kilometers each way to yeah. school and then the day that he 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 wrote his exam he had frostbitten hand and his hand oh, his his hair wow. was like just all in frost yeah uh and he still aced it right but he comes from a super poor family like his his mom abandoned the family his dad works i think 25 cents a day Oof. that's what he makes yeah uh how much food can you buy for 25 cents nothing a day? they eat potatoes like yeah. uh, i think they eat potatoes like maybe two potatoes a day Wow. Maybe even half a potato and just water. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. So I told the kids that. I was like, hey, you know, like, you guys are so lucky that in Canada, in Calgary, <laughs> you guys get to come every day. You guys are warm. You guys are respected. You guys are loved by your teachers. Yeah. And some of you guys are just wasting away. Like right. You're not listening. You're not being respectful. You're not, like, Do doing you think, anything. Do you think that's what breaks down teachers is the 
seeing the kids with no, you know, we talked earlier about the the teachers that don't seem to really care. Is it they just hit their breaking point because they never really went into it? I'd, um, I'd like to think that. I think like I, I don't think any teacher would go in not caring or not wanting to be a, a teacher. Yeah, and making a difference, right? Uh, so at least that's that's what my heart wants to tell me, yeah. and that's what I'm gonna hold on to. Well, the buddy of mine that retired—that's what it was. Like he—he he loved teaching. And I think there's then, a lot of things that go into it, right? Like the politics behind doors. Yeah. Uh, the certain ways that schools are made up of, um, just just the environment. I think the environment in schools, and not all schools are made equal, right. which is sad. Yeah. Um, probably more so in Canada. Like they—they're more equal in Canada than oh, they are I, other parts of the world. Probably. I know schools get funding based on mm-hmm. the, the amount of taxes are paid in their area but, in the U.S. But it isn't even about the money and the financials of it, right? Like I, I think it's just even just the personalities and the the group of people that that you work with. Um, if you're working with a really tight knit staff, yeah, that all kind of shares the same passion and the same energy level, it makes it easier. Yeah. Um, but when you're not. And if you don't have good leadership, that yeah, you feel kind of gypped. You feel kind of not, what's uh, the word I'm looking for? You're not valued. Right. Right? Like there, and there, there have been times in my career where I don't feel valued at all. Yeah. Like, uh, so who's in charge of that in schools? Is that the, the principal and vice principal are in charge of like having, you know, teacher motivation or school motivation? It, it should be, right? Like I, I think a good leader would would keep the morale up and find ways to utilize their their staff. Yeah. Uh but also just just follow fellow colleagues. Like how do you pick you pick each other up each yeah. day? Like are you there as as a sounding board? Are you judging? Are you what are you doing at, yeah. uh, for your part? Um, I just read the book The Ideal Team Player mm-hmm. and it's uh about how to hire and how to um judge your staff and then give them what they need so they can mm-hmm. be that ideal team player. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe schools need something like that to get everyone on board. It's uh, the three main things of the book are to be humble, hungry, and smart. Mm-hmm. And so if you're humble, it's all about the teamwork and right. everyone working together. Right. And if, if you're hungry, it's about driving. How, yeah, how do drive. I get my kids to be the smartest kids, right. the best tested kids, whatever, whatever right. that looks like. And then smart is like, how do I get through to every single person? Mm-hmm. Like how do I meet their personality needs and their cultural mm-hmm. needs? Um, so that um, every kid has right. an op- the same opportunity. But I think again that that's so hard, right? Like that's that's your wish list. Like, yeah. like it's like, oh yeah, if you can it's do the that, the magic wand. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like let, let's sell that that yeah. that potion so I can take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, oh man, it's it's, it's so complex. Like I, I don't think anyone who's not been in a classroom, <clears throat> excuse me, um, gets the complexity. Yeah. Like um, teachers are dealing with autistic kids. Teachers are dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Uh, broken families, addiction. lack of nutrition, right? Like, um, yeah, there's my former school. Issues. Yeah, like even even this school. I and, and I'm in a fairly high end school. I still have like granola bars and protein bars in my desk just in case yeah, a yeah. kid comes in and say, "Hey, Mr. Lou, I, I didn't have breakfast." So I'd be like. Here, here you go, man. Like, I know my own kids. I've seen it when we're, you know, go shopping. They get hangry. You know, they're yeah, just yeah, totally. hard to deal with because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, shoot, I haven't given them enough food today. Yeah. I can't imagine these kids that aren't getting yeah. good nutrition throughout mm-hmm. the day. And, and it's so easy to do in Canada with food banks oh, totally. and, and everything. There's no reason not to mm-hmm. other than probably mental illness. Or even just the, the shame of it, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. But uh, I, like I said, I, I don't think the public knows uh, how much teachers put in uh just physically and emotionally into into the kids that come into our classroom uh yeah i was at a tough school when i first started and just 
Are you allowed to say what part of the city it was in? Uh, I hate to say that to be stereotypical. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It was in the Northeast. Yeah. uh, Calgary with a lot of immigrants. Yeah. Uh, Lower income income neighborhoods. Neighborhoods. Yeah. uh, Starters, right? Starter families and stuff like that. That was just insane. Like, I love those kids. Like, I I think, uh, yeah, I love those kids. I I still talk to a lot of them. uh, That just... What what blows my mind? I had, a, I had a teacher that this is probably about ten years ago, and she had graduated and was looking for full time jobs. You move mm-hmm. around a lot uh, at the beginning of your career right. uh, until you get a, a solid contract. But she was taught in the Northeast, mm-hmm. and she said she had kids that you know had uh, dads with identity crises, yeah. or they were um, cross dressers, or mm-hmm. uh, trans, or, or whatever right. it was that these kids just didn't know how to deal with it. Right. And then she said she went to a, a richer neighborhood out in Chestermere, mm-hmm. which are fairly wealthy. Families. Yeah out there and yeah. she goes they were so much harder to deal with like it's, the, it's, it's the different spectrum right like people think that oh just moving from a lower income to a higher income is makes gonna it solve. better no it doesn't because <laughs> now you have all these better off kids that are bored right right yeah and they're entitled they have all this stuff that their parents have given them yeah so now how do you deal with that right, right? so there's yeah, sorry, John, you so can't that. use your iPad while I'm what teaching math. Yeah, what yeah. do you mean I can't, right? Like, <laughs> you can't take my phone. That's against the law, right? Like all yeah. sorts of weird, crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it, there's, there's, two, there's challenges to everything. Yeah. Like, um, and and I, I think the big thing is the, the relationship piece. It comes down to the relationship piece. Yeah. If you can't connect to those kids, treat them like human beings, understand where they're coming from, regardless of the spectrum. Uh, my buddy says this one phrase all the time. We, we work together. And he goes, no one will care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. I uh, like that. I, I love that thing. And I think about that all the time, that why would my staff listen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm a general manager of a construction company, right. and why are they listening to me? If mm-hmm. I was just a guy that shows up and barks, I, I have to yeah, have yeah. a relationship with them. I mm-hmm. have to know who they are and their families and genuinely care about mm-hmm. them. And that's what it sounds like you as a teacher, you just you really have a passion for the kids and for caring for them, probably have a lot more success with them than other teachers just for that reason. I have my days. Yeah. <laughs> I have my days. There are days where I was like, guys, get out of my face. I, I don't want to talk to you guys. You guys are being dumb. Stop being so dumb. I have my days. Uh, For sure. But, but I think also the, I don't know, and, and I think it, this works. Um, I'm just always completely honest with my kids. Um, oh, so if I'm having, powerful. If I'm having a bad day, yeah. I'll let them know, hey, guys, didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Uh, have a headache. Can yeah. we just kind of keep it down? Or can we be respectful of my, my space or whatever, right? Right. Uh, or I'd be like, hey, you know what? Like something tragic happened. Yeah. Um, and just being transparent. And yeah. I think they really respect that. And they go, hey, you know what? We get you. Yeah. And, um, and they respect that. So Well, they're more apt to tell you that too, right? If they yeah. show up for school and they're not, you know, willing to learn that day or, or mm-hmm. you know, they're being disruptive, you can say, hey, what's, what's going on with yeah, you? Yeah, You're exactly. not normally like, oh, this happened with my mom. Or, yeah, and or then whatever. I'd be like, then I'd be like, yeah, cool, man. Just go to sleep. I'll wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I'll catch you up. Yeah, just, and that's, that's true look caring, after right? Is yeah. To be able to share what's going on with you and what's going on. With, oh, totally. That allows other people to share with mm-hmm. you. And just, and yeah, and you just kind of be respectful of that. And, and I think, again, that comes down to that being kind and caring person and just say, hey, we all have bad days. Yeah. Uh, I know there was one day where I completely lost it on the kids. Um <laughs> And I had to apologize for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I let them know, right? Hey, guys, you know, like... You're I, a human being. I, I came in and yeah. there was a bunch of craziness that came through my email and I didn't deal with it the proper way and I snapped at you guys. And 
but this is where I'm coming from. And that accountability. So we, we talk about this at work all the time too, is that if you can admit your mistakes and be humble, then you know how much that sucks to stand in front of oh, two or three people or 30 horrifying. people. The and first time is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. But you're more conscious of your actions knowing that you're required to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if it's a requirement of you, of yourself, then you're going to go, oh, I need to deal with this now mm-hmm. before I get in my classroom because yeah. I don't want to have to apologize for this later. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's again, it's just being aware, right? And I yeah. don't think a lot of us are, are overly aware, yeah. regardless of what we do. We don't think about our actions uh, that might affect other people. Uh, and, and for me, I try to be as courteous and polite and efficient for other people as well. That, yeah. hey, you know, if, if I'm going grocery shopping, <laughs> I'll make sure that my, my cart is clean and clear so that you don't have to pick out nasty... Park it on the side of the aisle, right? not in the middle That's of right. the aisle. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I'm talking to my friends or whatever, I'm not going to clog up the, the, the aisles or yeah. let's stand to the side so that people can get by. And It's my pet peeve at Costco. Oh, absolutely. I, I literally pushed a lady with my cart. I, yeah, I yeah. was at my wit's end and she just stopped to answer her phone in the middle of the aisle, blocking mm. 10 people behind us. So yeah, I yeah. grabbed my cart and I went, and I just not hard. I just yeah, yeah. kind of pushed her, and she was a like, love oh. tap. It was a love tap. It was a love tap. That's yeah, right. just just, just a little, tap. just a little rub. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I'm, I'm here tap. Yeah, and uh, she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry too." Just yeah, yeah. Look behind you, lady. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just be, <laughs> so, yeah, right. Like I think we're so oh. absorbed in our, our everyday that we don't notice yeah. everything else. And My I, wife was devastated. She's <laughs> like, "How can you do that to somebody?" I'm like, "How can you stop in the middle of an aisle? Right. Like and just block That's everybody?" Right. Listen, and the same with driving. I know Nikki always bugs me about it because she's like, "Put your signal on, but now put your signal on now." And I was just like, "No, no, I don't want to disrupt the flow. I'm just gonna slow down and wait till there's a big gap and See, then I'll put a, on my signal." Not, <laughs> not, not that the bash on, but that's a dude way of thinking because right. just yeah. uh, girls don't think that same way, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't change lanes because I want to change. I change lanes when it makes sense to change. That's right. And uh, so I'll wait and I'll wait yeah, and yeah, I'll, I'll wait. I'll be oh, patient. There's an opening yeah. and then you just, just move like, in so without not- me. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki in the background yeah, yeah. yelling at us. Oh, but it's but it's funny because I always tell my guys too. I was like, "Why are you guys running to class, man? The class is not running away from you. Like, it's still gonna be there. Like, what? Just slow down, man. Like, yeah, yeah. It's still gonna be there. Oh, that's awesome. So, I would like to know more about your experience growing up as uh, as a the the child of an immigrant in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Coming uh, and was there a lot of Chinese families around you? No, uh, like like you uh, going to school. Our first school, uh, I think I was. I think it was maybe, there's maybe two or three Asian families. Yeah. Uh, there was a Polish kid. His name was Peter. I still remember him. <laughs> uh, one of the girls that was Asian was Laos. Um, there was me. I think there was a Japanese family. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, and everyone else was just kind of white, right? So Culturally, did all the Asian families kind of... Um, no. Because uh, all, eh? cause even back then, it was like, I, I know my parents know people that immigrated with them and they kept in touch. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't all go to the same school. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, but again, back, back then trying to think about it, I was like, I don't think I really recognized any of that. Right. Like, that's cool. Like, because there was just, it was just such a school that just full of immigrants. Yeah. Like, even though they're, it was in the kind of like that Mount Royal area down in Calgary. So yeah. it was kind of a, a ritzy place, which is kind of weird because it's like there's a lot of high-end people yeah. uh, or high economic, and then you have your immigrants. Right. Um, so Western Canada area. And it was it was super weird. Um, 
I, I wouldn't say that I was treated badly. Like it, it wasn't bad until, which is kind of funny, is that until, until I moved up to the Northeast. <laughs> uh, and that was when it started getting a little more clicky and, and all the Asians hung out with each other and all the Lebanese people hung out with each other and right. all the, the South Africans hung out with each other. Which um, I understand that like it's, it's... Which I never did. I got to say, I never did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really belong anywhere. It was super weird. Um, but and again, and, and I've I, I've talked about this with with a lot of my students as well. I was like, I don't know if it was because I was so driven to be good at everything because that was something that my parents pushed. Yeah, uh, like constantly, you got to make sure that you working harder than that white guy beside you because <laughs> because you're at a disadvantage. Yeah, you know, if you want to get anywhere, you yeah. better be the hardest worker, right? Yeah, uh, anywhere. Uh, and, and I hear that a lot out of um, Asian families mm-hmm. that it, it's very much that you just need to be that guy doing a little bit more than yeah, everybody, or that person do. doing a little bit more. You have to, yeah, uh, if you're going to survive, right? I wonder if that's due to <coughs> the size of the population, say in China, that your competition is massive. Well, right? it might be. It might that be. I, I thought about that at length. Like, what drives people to do certain mm-hmm. things? Like I'm, I'm interested to be met. Meet Brad Wilson to find out what his right. drive is, right? And right, right. He grew up in the prairies, white right, guy. Right. No yeah, yeah. real reason. I mean, everything's yeah, pretty yeah. easy for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. What's his drive to become right, a right. multimillionaire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I see that in Asian families and, and mm-hmm. in Eastern, well, most immigrant families, you'll mm-hmm. see that where um, they're just, they have a bigger drive. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're better at school, they're better at sports, they're better uh, all around. And I'm, I'm sometimes just, I wonder if it's just the family dynamics as well, right? Like, I still go home to have dinner with my parents. Yeah. Like, I check in with my parents almost weekly, like, three, four times a week, five, yeah. sometimes seven. Yeah. Um, but, but part of it is, like, I, my, little, my brother has, has I, have, I have a niece and a nephew, and they're small, and they're super cute. Uh, so, so sometimes... <laughs> These are have, your brother's kids? Uh, pardon? These are your brother's yeah, kids? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and sometimes I just, on those bad days, right? It's just like, oh, man, I just need to laugh. I just need to smile. Yeah. Uh, and just being around those two just makes me laugh because they <laughs> are silly. Uh, yeah, my little niece called me uh, Stinky Poo Poo the other day. <laughs> How old is uh, she? She's two. Because nice. I was like, bye, Stinky. She's like, no, you Stinky. I was like, no, you Stinky. She's like, you Stinky Poo Poo. And then yeah. I just laughed and then I left. Because uh, I'll, I'll let her win that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and just... Let her get the last word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and because she's a female, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes I think it's just that family thing, right? Like yeah. we, yeah. When, when you have like nothing, like you have no food, you have. We all crammed into a pickup truck when when my parents uh, drove from Williams Lake over to Calgary. Uh, yeah, you just my parents. I know from my parents' point of view, it's always been be the hardest worker because everyone else has that advantage over you. Right. And we don't want you to suffer the way that we've suffered. Yeah. We want you to be successful. We want you to have a car. We want you to have a house. Right. Um, and that might sound very materialistic. Uh, and, and again, maybe in the Asian culture, uh, yeah. a lot of it, your status is built on material material wealth. Yeah, I don't right? think that that's Asian, though. I think that's, that's everywhere. everywhere yeah. Right? I think everyone... You know, right from the beginning in time, mm-hmm. if you were a caveman and That's you right. had a better shaped rock than the guy next to you for bashing <laughs> the bigger cave, the bigger cave, That's or right, right then then people aspire mm-hmm. to be like you. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I need to find a bigger bat than right. that guy's got or yeah, club, yeah. and um, yeah, I, I think it's it's part of just that competition, of, right? Right. So, I wonder yeah. what drives that in human humanity that we need to be probably better. extinction. Yeah, right. Yeah, like if, right. if we don't. Yeah, we're we're done. We're doomed. Right? right. If you stop learning, you might as well be dead. Right. Right. And that's, 
that, that's something that I've been thinking a lot about. It's like when I stop learning from my students, yeah, it's time to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm learning constantly with them, right? <laughs> like whether it's interesting ways to use a swear word or <laughs> new <laughs> new terminology. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, just, it's super weird, but I think it's just that drive for for extinction. And I, I think for my parents, it's like, hey man, like at the detriment of my own culture is like, I can't speak my language very well anymore. Okay. Uh, I can talk to my grandma yeah. and she would be like, I don't understand you. You're speaking with an English accent. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then she would ask my mom, she's like, what's he saying? And then she's like, Oh, this is what he's, whatever. Right. So, so your parents, uh, came over here with Mandarin, I'm guessing. Uh, Cantonese. Cantonese. So they're Cantonese Vietnamese. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I was raised and again, uh, Back then, it's just like whatever, man. As long as you did, can speak. Did your parents learn English fairly quickly? No, they. My mom still. My, my mom, I think, knows more than she lets on. Yeah. But she refuses to talk. She doesn't talk, and I think that's due to like either embarrassment or she's scared she's gonna mess up. Mess up the English, yeah. My dad speaks a little more. Yeah. Um, Probably was more in the workforce. Yeah. And my mom's a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, and my dad would come home at, over dinner sometimes, and he'd ask, so how do you say this word, or what does this word mean? Because this guy said this to me. <laughs> was like, Is it a swear? Is it a... <laughs> right? Kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we'd try to be translating it. Um, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Uh, but yeah, like it's... But my parents were always pushing, learn English, learn English, speak, read. You have like zero accent. I don't know, Nikki sometimes is like, I, I, I call maybe, it, maybe uh, certain words, I call it, but. I call it Chinglish in class when I, uh, <laughs> when I get it wrong or Luwanese or something like that. Cause some of the kids are like, that's not how you pronounce it, Mr. Lu. Or, yeah. or what, what, what did you say? I was like, sorry guys, that's my Chinglish, uh, <laughs> s- s- uh, seeping through. Uh, I gotta tell this story. I had a, a contractor that I worked with and he was from Vietnam mm-hmm. and he had a fairly thick accent, but he had a really good control of the mm-hmm. English language. And if something went wrong with a customer or with a right, site, right. he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. It's my language. I didn't understand, yeah, yeah. understand i'm like dude you <laughs> totally understood you just you gambled and lost that that's one. right oh i use it all the time yeah. I, I use it as an excuse all the time it's great <laughs> sometimes people don't even know how to how to react uh i think i was on a, a photo shoot with nikki and this is hilarious and the photographer it was super sunny out right yeah and he's just like open your eyes wider i was like i can't i'm english or i'm chinese <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he didn't know how to, how to respond to that, and I just thought it was a kick, and yeah. just just super funny. I don't know. I use I use my my Chinese ness uh, in in super weird, crazy ways, yeah. uh, and I just get a kick out of it, and just and then I have to make sure everyone's like, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. It's all good. It's don't all stress good. everyone out. No one get offended. That's right. Don't be offended. It's yeah. all good. Um, how much of the Chinese culture do you still use in your you know your life? Um, still ha- dinner is always still traditional. Yeah, so d- traditional Chinese dinners with my parents. Um, Chinese New Year, I try to dress up in Chinese uh, clothing. Yeah. Um, language. Nikki and I are, are planning on just learning how to speak Cantonese properly. <laughs> nice. um, still use chopsticks. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like, uh, I, I try to respect it. I'm Buddhist, so I so I do go to to the temples every now and then and, and yeah. pray. Um, not as not as much as my parents does or yeah. or like they can read their the chinese calendar is different obviously from the western uh countries yeah so yeah i i, I keep my chinese name hidden um what, what's your birth name uh it, it translates to magnificent hero i didn't I, <laughs> how do you pronounce it that's awesome oh i'm not gonna say because because that's that's I, and i think when, when i went and i think this is this is the reason why um when i was in school uh going to kindergarten and and primary school, I guess, 
lot of kids would make fun of that name, right? Okay. So so I kept it hidden. Um, and, and that's something that, just as a conscious thing now, yeah. is that that's one piece of me that I want to hold to myself. As a personal. As a personal thing, yeah. as a reminder that this is where you've come from. Yeah. Right? And, and, and this is how, and again, maybe that's that motivation piece yeah. that all these people made fun of of your name and it's, it sounds super silly, but for that, that motivation to, to let's get better. Right. Let's be better. Yeah. Um, I love the fact, well, not the fact that, that you want to keep it because I would love to know, but I love the fact that, um, it it translates to magnificent. It's super funny. I didn't, I don't know if you saw my post and I'm going to do this and like the the super, you look like a superhero, superhero, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Because Nikki's (laughs) back there laughing at me. He's like, you're not humble at all. I was like, no, I'm humble. I'm humble. <laughs> if you have to tell people, are you That's really? Right. Yeah, no, really, I'm humble. I am humble. Yeah. No, I, I I love that translation. That's that's brilliant. It's and, so funny. And it's probably what, I think names have a lot more to do with how we do things in life, right? If your mm-hmm. name was, you know, to, uh, I think there's a biblical name, Naomi means to mourn or something okay. like that. And she's just always sad. Mm-hmm. So why would you name your kid right, right. Naomi if that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. it is, right? But to name them a magnificent superhero, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. damn, that's that is sweet. sweet. That's bomb, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and the funny thing is, the, the irony of this is that I didn't even know what my name meant until, was it five Six years ago, <laughs> yeah, because my parents couldn't un- couldn't translate it. Yeah, like, yeah. I would always ask them. I was like, "Mom, Dad, what, what does that my name mean?" Yeah, and they're like, "What do you mean? What does your name mean? It means this." And then they they would say it in Vietnamese or Cantonese, right? And I was yeah. like, "What the heck is that?" I'm like, <laughs> translate to English, man. And it wasn't until my brother got married uh, that my sister in law, because she speaks Mandarin. And she's like, oh, your name is Magnificent Hero. I was like, what? That's so sweet. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah. If you would have known that as a kid, would you have switched? Knowing um, that that's what you meant, what it meant. No, I just told my parents, like, screw Raymond. Yeah. Just like, put me as hero. Man. <laughs> just name me hero. Just like literal English translation, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was super cool. Uh, and I, I think I was like, so, yeah, that, that, that night when I found out, I was like, oh my God, that was like, that's the coolest night ever. Yeah. Uh, just, just to hear that. And then my sister comes on, she's like, I always knew. I was like, then how come you never told me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems unfair. Uh, yeah, I know. It's yeah. like, like, oh, man. But uh, yeah, it was super cool. Um, and I was just like, how fitting, right? Like, and, and it's not just because I, uh, that I look at myself as a superhero or whatever, because I don't. Uh, but but the how much I love superheroes and, and comic books specifically, because that's how I learned how to read. Yeah. Uh, and some of my best memories were just those Friday afternoons after school. My grandpa would take me to the Seven Eleven or the Max. Yeah. Now Circle K. Change it back. Um, right for a Slurpee. Yeah. Right? For a Slurpee and a comic book. Uh, and he's just like, just choose whatever. Yeah. And it would always be Superman or Spider-Man. So those are my, those are my two, my top two. And as yeah. I've gotten older, it's like Wolverine's cool too. So, yeah, cause he's Canadian. And therefore that, I got the chance. Yeah, yeah, he's Canadian. He was, he was in Alberta. Right, 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 right. The first movie. I forget about that. Yeah. I never got into superheroes when I was a kid or comic okay. books or anything like that. But now as an adult, seeing all the Marvel mm-hmm. movies come out, now I'm getting much more yeah, into yeah. them. But yeah, um, it's... I was going to say that I grew up, my dad uh, taking me to all the old martial arts movies. So we used oh, to yeah. watch all the old dub Chinese yeah, yeah. martial arts movies. I still so love I, those. I do too. <laughs> I, I've been fascinated with Chinese culture since I was little because mm-hmm. that was what my dad did. Mm-hmm. He would take me to the drive-in on Friday nights and we'd watch five movies in a right. row because 
they'd always, well, maybe it wasn't Fridays, maybe it was like Thursdays in the summertime. Mm-hmm. They weren't the most popular right. movie, so it was cheap night yeah, there, yeah, and yeah. you'd go and you'd watch five or six of them. And so I grew up watching all of those. And then I ended up as an adult being a security guard in Vancouver's mm-hmm. Chinatown. So okay, I was cool. immersed into the Chinese yeah. culture there. I was in their back rooms, and yeah. you know, you go to a restaurant, and what they're serving the public is not what they eat. Oh, no, you absolutely go not. The back, and they've got like 10 times more amazing food. Oh, absolutely. For the most part. I remember one day um, uh, the store had got uh, robbed. So I was there right. with uh, the store owners and helping them deal with the police. Mm-hmm. And that was my job as just kind of yeah, the mediator yeah. guy. And um, they were serving food all the time was going on. And there's this one pot boiling in the back. And I had the, the crook there that I yeah. had, uh, uh, was holding. And uh, I kept smelling the pot. And the, this really like grandmother type mm-hmm. uh, Asian lady comes up and she's like, points like you soup soup yeah, yeah. and i'm like maybe and then she yeah. stirs it and a bunch of fish heads came to the top oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and as a as a white dude i'm like i cannot I do this, do this. <laughs> <laughs> but it smelled amazing if she had just scooped out of there and not showed me the fish mm-hmm. heads i think it would have been fine it's so funny though like like uh i always think about it and i was like oh man like the chinese and all, any kind of ancient civilization right yeah they must have been onto something Right, like the the weird things that they eat, like, and I I look at stuff that I eat, and I was like, what the heck am I eating? Like, why am I eating this? I often thought if it was due to poverty, mm-hmm. so like it for us, we can have just a fish fillet, and we'll throw oh yeah fifty percent of the fish, right, right, because I can buy fifty fish, yeah, and, yeah, oh right? absolutely. Where if you had to go out and you had to actually fish for your food that day, mm-hmm. you weren't throwing nothing, right? Out, oh right? no, absolutely, it just not. wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But I also think that the the medicinal properties of some I of the foods so, right yeah. like um like uh, i'm not sure if, if people know this um if a if a traditional chinese lady gets pregnant yeah. one of her dietary things is omega-3s or like fish right. right so she eats a lot of fish way more fish and the reason for being is that it helps cognitive development and developing the baby's brain and yeah, yeah my wife's a holistic right. nutritionist so yeah but a lot of those that holistic stuff comes, comes from, from the chinese, chinese medicine yeah. right so I was like, oh man, so like now I know why my parents are like stuffing my face with all these weird, disgusting things when I, and it's like super bitter and disgusting, right? Yeah. Uh, but there, Bitters are good for your reasons, digestive right? system. Yeah, the, like it, it calms your, your warmness and your, your coldness and your body and your temperatures and stuff like that. And yeah. It's like, oh man, like it's, there's a reason for everything. Like even in Chinese New Year, like we serve certain dishes for certain things. Right. Um, so like there's chicken, there's fish and, and the translations of those foods is kind of like good fortune or prosperity or health or whatever. Right, so right. you eat it for, for those reasons. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting and, and just learning the, the origins of that, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I find myself having a lot more conversations with my parents about like, so why do we do this? Like, that's it's, cool. It's cool because yeah. I want to keep that alive because I, I talk to Nikki about it all the time. I was like, Oh man, unless my parents go like that, all of this lost. knowledge is lost. lost. Yeah. Right. And then all these like Canadian Chinese people, same thing. Yeah. Like where where am I gonna find that that tradition, that that culture? There there's a comic, um, Russell Peters that talks about this. Oh, yeah. Eventually the whole world's gonna be brown, right? There's yeah, just yeah, gonna yeah. be enough intermixing yeah, that yeah. we're all gonna mm-hmm. be one something. Yeah, yeah. Homogenous, whatever. Exactly. Right? And it'll be a shame that we will lose some of those cultures, mm-hmm. right? The the European culture, the Chinese culture, the mm-hmm. East Indian, the yeah. you know, it'll it'll be a shame when those all go. And I'm sure it'll be for a greater thing. Oh yeah. But it's also way off too, right? Like yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be the, our great, 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 yeah, yeah, great yeah. grandkids that'll that'll be going through that. But I, I often thought that with um, Chinese in their names, where they come over to North America and they, they give up their, their Chinese name, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a shame that they they don't 
they don't yeah keep they don't it. keep it. Yeah. Especially when you're called the magnificent hero. Oh, that's right. Oh, I, I was like, oh, imagine. Could you, the, I was just like, I should just change my uh, license. Yeah, right, to the to magnificent, magnificent hero. hero. And then just to see what happens if police pull me over. Can I see your, is this a fake ID? Yeah, Whatever. Exactly. It would be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's super weird. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, something that I want to learn more about. Um, and, and I've been to China once. Yeah. I, I'd like to go back to Hong Kong because yeah. I've never been back to my birth uh, country. Uh, just to experience it, yeah, uh, and, and just going to China was like, oh, it's, it was amazing. It was Where, so where'd you go in? Just to Hong um, Kong? Did you do much traveling oh, around it? Oh, we went to multiple places in China. Yeah. Uh, so my my sister in law was her parents were still over there. Okay. So we took a oh man, did my salary ever to get hit? So like my <laughs> my paycheck a massive trip. like hit. Um, but yeah, we went everywhere. Like we tra- we traveled like any possible way that Chinese people would travel now. Yeah. We had every single traditional food and plate that they would eat. You went to the wet market and you had uh, like raw scorpions. Oh, totally. We had, yeah. yeah, there was bugs on sticks at night markets and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it was such a, it was crazy. It was super weird. And, and it was kind of interesting because there's like some reverse racism going on too, right? Because <laughs> here we are. Um, so my brothers and I, uh, I have three younger brothers. Yeah. They're all pretty big and stocky. Yeah. Uh, and Chinese people are kind of small, right? All right. So here's four big guys walking down the streets or like hiking in small, tiny trails yeah, and speaking English with no accent. Right. So then we would have like some of the, the younger generation Chinese over there and they would be mocking us, right? It was like, oh. Or they would be speaking in, their, in Mandarin and saying whatever, yeah. right? And, and we only know because my sister-in-law speaks, speaks Mandarin, Mandarin and yeah. understands. And then, yeah, so it was super funny. It was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, man, that's, that's weird. I wouldn't expect that because they, they, would, they would even ask. One of their big things is like, they look like us. Uh, they dress like us. Why are they not talking like us? Yeah. Right? And I was like, And I've even never, when you did, that the accent would be well, very, different, very obvious, right? right? So it was like, oh, I never even thought of that. Like, like how does that even work? Yeah. Right? And it was just something that just kind of stuck with me. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. That's, that's interesting. That's the great thing about our global community, but mm-hmm. it's also the, the challenge in oh, there, totally. right? That I'm sure there's always going to be the, the, um, the white family that never right. wants to mix with anybody <laughs> else as, as it is with the Chinese or with the oh, Japanese. Yeah. Or still very traditional, right? Exactly. So. They want to keep that, that tradition yeah. alive. Yeah. Which I I think they should like it's like i said it's a shame when you start seeing uh entire cultures change mm-hmm. for the wrong reason yeah yeah um you know we saw that with slavery we completely mm-hmm. changed or even just uh coming over here to the first nations right. what we've oh, yeah, done totally. we completely changed our culture mm-hmm. in, in a matter of what 100 years less than 100 yeah. years and it's done pretty quick like it, it's it, a shame if, if we think about it right like yeah. it was so fast yeah and it's yeah it's so yeah it's 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 heartbreaking. Yeah, but I I don't want to. Uh, we're about an hour in, so oh, we we got lots of time. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I don't want to miss your art and what and what yeah. you're doing as an artist. And so uh, you were talking about comic books and superheroes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few of your pictures on your Instagram okay, cool. page. So what what's your passion in art? Um, like like a, the comic book stuff is is always kind of a my go to. Like it's easy, it's quick, yeah. um, and it's fun. Yeah, uh, and just kind of brings me back to like happier moments, right? Like growing up and stuff like that. Um, but my, my big thing in art is just kind of like experimenting, like just, uh, one of my big things is silver pointing. So silver pointing is taking, is. uh, it's basically drawing with pure silver. Okay. Uh, and every time I, I create a piece, it sells. So I never get to see, because the theory is that it tarnishes over time. 
Okay. Uh, and one of my friends who bought a piece, uh, I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally, I varnished it. So I covered it. Yeah. Right. So, so I keep asking her, I was like, Hey, did it, did it tarnish yet? She's like, no. I was like, what? It's supposed to tarnish. And then I was like, Oh wait, it's probably because I sealed it and it can't like, so, so hopefully one day I'll be able to actually do a silver point piece that I get to hold on to and, and actually yeah. see it tarnish. Uh, and the only reason why I like silver pointing is, uh, when I was in university, uh, some of my profs were looking at my stuff and like, man, you should be like more of a printmaker type stuff because you have like the hash marks. You like go really bold with your darks. Uh, and some of your drawings look technically like, like a print. Okay. Uh, because they're either almost too perfect, yeah. I guess, uh, or hyper real. Uh, so, and, and the only reason why I didn't get into printmaking was because number one, it was poisonous. <laughs> it yeah. was expensive. And coming from, again, a traditional Chinese family uh, that didn't, overly support me going into the arts, uh, finding funding to do any of the more expensive arts uh, yeah. was out of the question. So that's why I was like, I'm just going to go back to my pen and pencil paper yeah. type art. Um, yeah, and then, I, and then I was down at, uh, here's another plug, uh, at Kensington Art Supplies. Yes. Uh, so, so the owner, Annette, she's like, oh, right, you should try, you should try this. And then I just kind of took home, played with it. I was like, oh, this is cool because it's like etching. Yeah. Uh, only without the acid baths and stuff like that. And then I just kind of got hooked on it. And then I started messing around with adding inks and colors and stuff like that to it. And then, yeah, that's kind of like what I guess what I'm known for, yeah. uh, through Kensington and, and some of my pieces, it's yeah. just all the, the silver point stuff. Well, that's sort of how we met, how this podcast came about is mm-hmm. I put out a, a post where I was looking if, if people can see, on the wall behind me. I got yeah, some yeah. cheap uh, yeah, yeah. photograph art. and I mean, it's a beautiful spot in uh, mm-hmm. New Zealand and stuff like that. And I'm going to have my cheap art behind right, us. Right. I would love to be able to support the arts more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure what kind of style that I like. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I go to uh, an art gallery or an art right. show and stuff like that, some of them I look at and I'm like, nah, it's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And there's others that I look at that I like and I was like, eh, that's $6,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. So we could take uh, artists and have them put their stuff up on here. Right. I would love to put a piece up and show everybody what you do when you yeah, yeah. when you have a piece available when and I have time, yeah. The uh, that's the other part of it too, right? If you, it's a gamble to be a full time artist mm-hmm. because uh, it's not a steady paycheck, no, right? Not no. like teaching, yeah, um, or or any other. Mm-hmm. I've got another artist coming on on Tuesday, Paul oh, Nye. Uh, he does a lot with uh, airbrushing okay. and yeah. body work and mm-hmm. like murals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So uh, he's actually got a couple of pieces. I think he's going to bring oh, cool. and we'll put up on the wall. Nice. But yeah, we want to leave it open to all the artists mm-hmm. send me some stuff I'll send it back yeah, yeah, to yeah. you and uh, we'll just showcase what yeah, uh, people yeah. can do that'd be cool yeah uh, but yeah like it's yeah I don't know it's just uh yeah, I just do when I need to do, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's... Do you, do you set time aside for it? Like, you know, this is my art time. I'm going to spend this many mm-hmm. hours a week doing it, or is it whenever there's an opening and you feel it, you go do it? I think that's that's more the way that I work. Um, sometimes things just get hectic, right? Like the teaching stuff, uh, there's a lot of times that you can't predict what's going to happen. Yeah. So you can go with all your best intentions that tonight I'm going to do some art. Yeah. And then you go home and then you're like, oh my God, I'm totally bagged. I can't, I can't lift my head up. Right. Like there, there are days where I'm just even eating. My head would be like bobbing yeah. because I'm so tired. Wow. Um, but, and then, and, and here's the other thing is that I'm, I'm a very much, uh, an introvert. Okay. Right? So I like, well, you my, don't seem like it. Well, I, I know I don't present it, yeah. but I, but I know Nikki will, will let you know. Any of my close friends will tell you that. 
I'm probably one of the biggest introverts ever. Yeah. Uh, but and I, and I should correct myself because I said this about my wife. It's not that introverts can't be social. Right. It's just you typically choose not to. You yeah. would prefer your alone time. Yeah. Then. But, and I'll, I'll do it when I need to. Right. right. And and being in the teaching profession, it's not that I, well, I have to, right? Right. Like that, that's the, the have to do it. Yeah. Uh, and then you're interacting with so many people and so many different age groups. Whether it's parents, whether it's colleagues, whether it's the kids, yeah. And then you're just at the end of the day, you're just like you have all intents and purposes, yeah. And you're just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do get into my studio. I'm gonna like pound out some artwork. Uh, I have the, the comic expo's coming up, and I'm I'm a feature artist for Kensington Art Supplies on Saturday. And I'm just, I, I'm just like, oh man, I'm so far behind. I was just like, I need to get my demo stuff up. I need to get like things ready for it. Yeah. And I think I have like nothing. <laughs> so, and, and with all intents and purposes, I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to work on some art. Yeah. Uh, but then this past week it's just been, I've just been bagged, man. I yeah. was just like, I'm so, so tired. I have a friend of mine that's an artist. It's a neon milkshake. Um, she has a studio downtown. She teaches yeah. and does her own art. I don't know if you've heard of her or not, but, um, uh, she back in the day when I first met her, she was the star, literally starving artist, working mm. as a waitress, yeah, yeah. could barely afford to buy paints and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. And I'm like, you either gotta like you're in or you're out. Yeah, um, you gotta set goals and you yep. gotta go after them. And I'm very business minded, yeah, very yeah. driven, competitive type yeah, yeah. person. And uh, that that's one reason this podcast is up and going. Like I manage mm. a, a fairly large company, have a right. clothing line, and I have this, and it's all about me just setting time aside and just saying this is going to happen no matter what mm -hmm. and i think artistic people have a tough time doing this not the way your brain works like yeah, yeah, yeah. for me i i need to be around people to be creative so this sort of works yeah, yeah. out perfect yeah, for yeah, me yeah. i can be a much better conversationalist when i'm right. doing this regularly and uh and then i purposely set time i've set a goal mm -hmm. Every week something's going out, no matter what. So come hell or high water, right, right. I'm going to put an episode. But the thing out. is, even as an artist, right, you can't turn your creativity on like with like a switch. Right? That's like it, it. Yeah, like it, it hits you, and yeah. then you're inspired, and then you go. Because yeah. I can, I can honestly say that there are days when when I am inspired, I can go probably 16 hours in my studio. Yeah, and I would forget to eat. I would forget to like take a washing break or whatever. Yeah, not that I wet myself. Right, <laughs> but but I just don't. Nothing weird. Nothing weird. Uh, but but that but that's the way that it is. Yeah. It's just that, oh my God, I am so into this and I, everything just like melts away. The focus it's just, just is it's just there. It's thing. just my art and myself. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, but if you ask me right now, it's like, dude, come up with something. I can't. Yeah. Because my attention is elsewhere or yeah. I'm not inspired or nothing has happened for me to even do it. Right. So, and I think a lot of artists are, I don't want to speak for the, the, the creative community. Right. But I think that's kind of how it happens. Right. Yeah. This is that, yeah, we can. Like some people are very creative and they can probably do it on a switch. Yeah. But if you're going for a deeper stuff, then, then you just gotta, gotta think about it, right? Because even I've had people that's like, when are you gonna do a solo show? I was just like, I don't know, because I don't know what I wanna do. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a concept, you have, have concept, to have time, gotta have time you to create it. Um, yeah. I, I, I listen to a lot of writers and public speakers uh, because I enjoy that and I'm not good at it, and that's why mm -hmm. I enjoy it. I'm not a good writer, I'm not a good public speaker. This right. isn't public speaking, right. this is two yeah. guys talking yeah, yeah, yeah. over a, a glass of water or right. beer. And uh, um, But I want to be good at that stuff, so I listen to them at length. And they talk about how to force yourself to be this good, you know, comedians uh, mm -hmm. in particular, that the best ones will spend three hours a day writing. 
So right. good or bad, you mm-hmm. do it. And then I had a, um, Andy Caselli on a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. He's a, he's also a teacher, uh, but an author. And he says that he's written books that he's just, he's never going to show right. anybody because they're bad. Right, right. But the practice of writing, right? right? Like the practice, mm-hmm. not every art piece you do is right. going to be the oh, piece of art. Oh, I don't expect it to be yeah. either, right? But is it good to stay in practice? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so my, my daily thing, if I, if I call it a daily thing, is I, I doodle Spider-Man heads. Oh, wow. Right. So yeah. I doodle Spider-Man head. takes me like, 20, 30 seconds, there's my doodle. Yeah. Right. And and I doodle. But but that's what my sketchbook's for. So yeah. if you're if you're talking about like pure creative art, no, I don't do it every day. Right. Right. Or even every week. Yeah. But do I doodle and am I trying to live that creative life? Yes. Cool, I, cool. I, I do it in that sense. Yeah. But I wouldn't look at it and go, Well, yeah, I'm gonna put this <laughs> in a gallery or I'm gonna put this in sell, sell it or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, but I would Do you do you save it all? Like every little piece you do, do you have like yeah, a... Yeah, I have a scrapbook at home. Awesome. Um, yeah. I wish I wish I had... Uh, I wish I kept some of the stuff when I was like five and four. Right. And stuff like that. My daughter uh, gets mad at me because I've taken <coughs> pictures of all of oh, her yeah. art. From That's so the easy time now, she's right? five, yeah. right? It's so easy now with the digital stuff. Absolutely. So and then easy. I'll post it every once in a while. It'll mm-hmm. come up and I'm like, oh, I remember that. Like that yeah. was a big step up for her as an artist. Yeah. And so I was excited I tell, to share it. I tell it. all my young artists, I was like, yeah. guys... Keep everything. Right. Like your sketchbook. Keep everything in your sketchbook. Go get and drop, then, Dropbox. Yeah. Upload it all yeah, yeah. there. And then take a look. Look yeah. at your journey. And, yeah. and when you ever like feel like you're not good enough, take a look at where you started. Those big jumps yeah. that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, just look at where you started. Like we all start somewhere. And right. I have so many young people that are like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's like, we all start somewhere. I like I was you when I was three or four or five or whatever. Right. right? And I didn't think I could do it. Well, that's the big thing too, right? Not everybody should be at the same place no. in their journey, right? <clears throat> no, if, no. if you had 19 hours a day to yeah. spend towards doing art, um, you're going to be just ev- that evolving much better, faster. right? Yeah. If you've got to go home and do chores and yeah. do a bike or a paper route mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. well, yeah, your art's going to suffer yeah, a little yeah. bit. You're Where, be where's your slower, passion? Right? Yeah. So yeah, and I, I tell all young kids, so I was like, don't even like compare. Don't no. look or, look around and and say, oh my god, they're they're so much better. It's like you're competing against yourself. Yeah. And if you look at modern art, you're just like, go home, splash paint, <laughs> throw it up, sell it for a couple I, thousand dollars. I, I got that? I gotta say this just because it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But this guy, I think it's called Enema Art. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? No. He injects paint up his butt. And oh, then, I heard about this. Yes, and I then did. he shoots it out on yeah, the yeah, canvas. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is, <laughs> it's a performance. It's a, per- I guess, yeah. Uh, You're yeah. buying it for the the novelty of it, uh, right? I, or it's for the novelty of it. Those are that's one of the arts I just I don't think I'll ever understand. No, I, I'm not bashing the guy. I'm not criticizing, no. but I am never going to understand. No, it. Yeah. And, and there's a, and that's okay too, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of art that I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, aesthetically, yeah, they're pleasing, but do I get it? No. Right. Right. And. Yeah, and I, that and that's where it comes down to, right? It's like, what what's the concept behind it? Like, yeah. give me the story behind it, and and then maybe I'll find value in it. Yeah. But if you can't do that, then then what what is it other than just a shallow thing? And I and I hate to say it, but are are we as a society getting a little more shallow because we just buy things for aesthetics? Right. Uh, what's for the this. meaning? What's the story? Yeah. Right? And that that you can have a conversation because I think that's what art should be. It should evoke emotions. It should evoke some controversy. Right? I, I agree, hundred percent. Like a song that's just a song, it means nothing. Yeah, it's kind of like your your, your bubblegum pop, which I love <laughs> because you know bop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like, but give me some of that deeper stuff that that I can cry to or I can laugh to or yeah. evoke an emotion or something, right? Exactly. Uh, but if it's just there, just to be there. Yeah. What's the value in that? 
So other than, uh, what is it called? Silver tipping? Uh, silver pointing. Silver pointing. Um, and obviously pencil and, yeah. and uh, pencil crayon. <clears throat> do you do any other media? Uh, I want to get into digital art. So yeah. that's, uh, that's on my wish list. So I wanna, cool. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kind of tablet I want. Uh, so there's, there's two brands that, that are out there. Yeah. Uh, one's a super expensive one and one's a cheaper one. So I was, I, for me, I don't know if it's the Asian-ness in me. It might be just like, let's just go all out and buy like the two, $3,000 one. Yeah. Or should I just start with a starter model? And I don't know. So we bought my daughter one. Oh, yeah. um, she tried it a little bit. Actually, my son borrows yeah, it yeah. and tries it as well. Yeah. He does more like uh, digital art uh, right, right. logos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, they didn't love it so much. They they still love the paper. and So the, is, is, is their tablet the one that they can actually see on the tablet? Or is it like you have to look at the screen? You have to look yeah, at the screen see. while you're drawing. So, and I think yeah. that... So the one I'm looking at is that you draw on the screen. Right. And it, it shows up, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's like expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I um, you were talking earlier about not comparing yourself to others, um, wh- which I think is very good for some people. Mm. But when uh, the, actually the last tattoo I got, it was of a Viking coming out of a burning village, oh, cool. um, and it was a really young artist that did mm. it. He was maybe. Oh, I would say like 21, 22 okay, years yeah, old. Yeah. And for a tattoo artist, yeah. that's really, really young. Yeah. Um, but he had been doing art his whole life. Mm-hmm. He had done some work for Pixar mm-hmm. and, oh, and stuff like that. So he was dedicated to art and uh, he was talking as he's doing my piece. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he has a weekly competition inside there. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, tattoo artists are typically like skulls and Vikings yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and all that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. And he's like, we got to get better than this. Mm-hmm. Like I get that, you know, he can draw yeah, little yeah. cartoons, yeah. but he couldn't draw a skull. Yeah. So they would, uh, uh, put a bunch of stuff into a fish jar or fishbowl yeah, of, yeah. of different topics and they would pull and they'd all have to draw a picture and then share yeah, yeah. and they would vote. Like, yeah, yeah. did you step outside of your realm right, right. and tried something new? And I just, I was blown away at, at a kid at that young and then seeing the value in competition mm-hmm. in something that you wouldn't, Typically, want to have competition in, but I, I, I kind of question that, like, like the terminology of competition there, right? As an artist, True. you're always wanting to be better, anyways, right? So you're always finding your weak spot, and you're always, or even just as a human being, right? Like, like for me, and this drives me nuts as an educator is that, oh, parents will come in as, oh, we'll just continue strengthening our our, our kids' strengths. Yeah. I was like, but how about the weaknesses? Right. Like, if they're brilliant, why are we not targeting their weaknesses? If they're really good at something, why are we continuing doing it? Right. Like, it's, it's, it's nothing. There's, right? no There's no value in, in that. doing something. Because they already know how to do it. Yeah. And they're just going to get better, right? right? So why are we not focusing on the math and science rather than the, the written art, yeah. right? Uh, and same with an artist. If, if you can't draw faces, I'm going to make sure damn well that <laughs> I'm going to be practicing doing that. Yeah. And whether you want to call it a challenge, whether you want to call it whatever... Or a contest. Yeah. You're, you're going to do it regardless because that's what you are aiming to do. That's really what life is about, right? It doesn't yeah. seem to matter what, no. where you are. If you're comfortable, then then you need to do something you to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And you I, can't stay there. Yeah. I like being a little uncomfortable. Yeah. When, and when I get too comfortable. And that's why I moved from my, my previous school. Yeah. I was feeling too comfortable. And plus there are a lot of economic, political stuff <laughs> uh, that I don't want to get into. Yeah. Uh, it's things that were said to me that I don't want to get into. But, uh, but yeah, and then I was just like, okay, new challenges. Yeah. Uh, would, would I have loved to stay there? Yes, absolutely. It was, it was, it was a dream job. And, and I had a, a principal tell me that there's no such thing as a dream job. Mm. I was like, oh, that's probably because you've never lived a dream job. That's it. I, um, for a long time, I, I hated my job. Mm-hmm. I hated it with a passion. But I did it because it was important yeah. to my family. It paid well. Yeah. I, I can suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's Grinding sort of up. what a lot of men do is yeah, they yeah. suck it up. 
I got my job to a position where now I really, really enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's more challenging than it's ever been. I moved yeah. from a sales role to yeah, a yeah. general manager role. Right. And now I'm having to oversee everything. And, and I come home and I'm, like you said, I'm completely wiped out. I did a mm-hmm. podcast with my pastor, actually. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. So I knew the job had taken too much yeah, out yeah. of me that day. And yeah. I hadn't reset myself. But I love that. I love the fact that when I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about something like, I got some massive challenges tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that yeah. I can't sleep well because yeah, yeah. Of that. And then when I get comfortable, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I want on to the next. On to the next bigger and better thing. Right. Um, and that, I think, if we could take anything in life, is that never be comfortable. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Once you're comfortable, you're you're just, you're done. Yeah. Like, I get yeah. Everyone's got a job to do. You got to pay the bills. You got to pay yeah. the rent. So if you have to do that, but go find something else to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? And Learn, then eventually, right. there's Learn something um, new. What is it called? The Book of Five Circles or something? That's a martial arts book. And, and it was about a, um, I think it was a Japanese sword master. And he used to actually fight to death mm-hmm. with swords. And he said, and I'm not going to get this right, but it was something to do with the fact that once you master something, then you have the ability to master anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's just learning that basic, oh, yeah. you know, once once you've accomplished, well, now I can accomplish. Yeah. So, and just What's go, the next one? Just go do yeah, that yeah. and just use that same system, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, some people have to practice for hours and hours and hours. Some people just have to meditate mm-hmm. for a long period of time and understand that they mm-hmm. become good at it. But whatever that is, yeah. you can now do that in any realm, whether yeah, yeah. it's sports or academics right. or language or whatever it is. So no, I agree with that. I, yeah. I, and again, like I think our society is just so whatever it is that oh, we'll just continue working on our comfort. I zone, hate right? to say it, but we need like uh, a war or a massive natural disaster to stir things up so that <laughs> we stop being comfortable. And 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 I've said this to my wife before. Like this is ridiculous. We need something yeah. hard. Like. For humanity, hard because we're too comfortable here in Canada. What does anywhere around the world, right? Like you look at the politics, you look at how we treat each other. Well, what's going to pull us together? Yeah, right. And I don't know if war is the right answer. Yeah, and that's, that's a scary one oh, to I wish think, for. I think alien invasion. <laughs> I'll, I'll vote for alien invasion. Right, They're asteroidal impact. <gasps> that's right. Yeah, something you, that wipe uh, a large part. I, I believed in Thanos. <laughs> I was Team Thanos. I was like, he's got it right, man. Just just wipe out half the universe. That's and then, right. yeah. You'll, you'll create more challenges for yourself by wiping out all the weak. That's right. Not yeah. even the weak. He just randomly killed people, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I don't know. I was spared by Thanos according to some algorithm on, on, online. So I was oh. like, yes, <laughs> I survived. Do you, uh, do you believe in uh, life in outer space? Oh, absolutely. I think we'd be stupid not to. Like, yeah. like. So do you believe in like a civilization outside of our? I want to believe to. Oh yeah, I absolutely do. Like if if we can see things from like a billion light years away, like as a star, who's to say that there isn't something out there? Right. Like just because we're in the Milky Way, what's outside of that? I like to think that we are um, we are the most advanced. And that there's a germ or a bacteria yeah, yeah. buried in a rock somewhere yeah, yeah. waiting to hit the right planet so it can grow into yeah, yeah. something. Whatever else. That's what I sort of think is out there right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't believe there's some tall, bald-headed, really? laser-shooting, telepathic oh. alien. I, I, I'm not... I'm not, not on that. I'm not on that page, but uh, I'm interested. It's <laughs> awesome. I, uh, I had a buddy come over and do a podcast with me, yeah. and then at the end of the podcast, he just totally tells me he believes in like extraterrestrial. I'm like, 
what? <laughs> we could have been talking about this for an hour and a half, and now you're just bringing this out now. So, yeah, I... Um, There's a Thanos out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there is. Uh, it'd be tough press for me to say that that's BS. There's no way there's another. I, I don't know. I can't another say that. Way. Yeah. But my belief system right now is that maybe it's a bacteria or virus. But there is like, there's evidence, right? Like some of the asteroid that's at Earth that yeah. they found bacteria and stuff like that. So Correct. it's there. Yeah. Uh, I guess because there's some evidence towards that and yeah. not some redneck southern hillbilly saying right, right. I was probed last night <laughs> by some, you know, six foot eight, yeah, 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 yeah. bald, gray thing. Right. Yeah. That so wrong. If, if I saw video evidence, I could believe that pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty easily, but not because <laughs> someone said so. <laughs> Red hillbilly has gotten probed and like. Yeah, uh, I don't know. No, I totally believe. I, I believe something's out there. All right, here's a question for yeah. you. They uh, they're doing that uh, a trip to Mars, and they're mm-hmm. they're getting a bunch of people on board. It's not a return trip, yeah, though. Yeah. Would you be interested in in being a space traveler? Oh, part, uh, this is almost like would you rather travel to the past or the present or Ooh. the future? Sorry, it's like oh, yeah. I'm curious enough that I would. Yeah, but I'm also. Super scared. <laughs> the possibilities of what might happen. Joe Rogan says that uh, if you're willing to go on that flight, that's yeah. telling you you don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will go on that flight. There you go. I only have Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't space travel. But I'm fully on board with whatever Elon Musk is doing. So he's yeah. got this new interface that's supposed to be coming out mm-hmm. where everything that's in our phones or computers, we like Matrix, plug it into your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, drill a hole, buddy. I'm all yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever information I can get, <laughs> if you want to plug a hole in the back of my head and just start pumping just them in, I'm on board totally. 100%. That's so funny. Yeah. What would you do? Would you, would you travel to the, the past or the future? So here's the benefits of both. I don't think I can make a decision, but traveling to the past with the knowledge you have now would make you whatever you want to be. You could be the wealthiest, the most famous. You could, you know, whatever. You could do You could advance civilization. You you could be the man. (laughs) That's right. For sure. So that's very, very cool, but it's pretty selfish. Mm -hmm. Going to the future, though, it's a whole new challenge. You you have no idea what you're getting into. I've studied enough history Mm -hmm. to sort of understand going back, but we don't know what's in the future. So I like I like both. Mm. If if there was an ability, (laughs) maybe it is. Yeah. All right. I'm going to be the the fence walker here. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Because I, I, because uh, Nikki and I have those conversations at night sometimes, right? Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I think I want to go back in time, but yeah. not, 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 not about civilization though, like not about people. Yeah. I want to see. I just want to see what dinosaurs really look like. <laughs> Ooh. Do you want to go that far back? I want to go that. far I'm back. thinking like Wild West back. Like, oh, okay. Just go back. That'd and, be kind of cool. Yeah. Hang out with Billy the Kid. Yeah. yeah. Just and uh, be part of like. Uh, um, uh, exploring the new wilderness, yeah, yeah. seeing what North America was like before we all came over here and yeah, yeah. trashed it. Like that'd be kind of cool, right? Like I like, think so. Like I, a lot of times I just kind of drive around and I'm just like, oh man, I try to picture what our world looks like untouched. Yeah. Like what kind of grass would be here? Yeah. Or what kind of tree or what kind of animal would be sitting here as, yeah. as I'm driving, right? And I was just like, oh man, that's that's cool. I do it when I hike. And so when we're deep in the forest with the Mm -hmm. kids, I'm like, some dude with a a hand-knit sweater walked this trail first. Like, you know, he had nothing. Maybe a musket, Mm -hmm. a knife, a flint. Like, he had virtually nothing. And he explored through some of the Mm -hmm. hardest terrain in the world. 
that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that is super impressive. That's that someone, cool. yeah, that would be fun to do. You don't have to travel that far. Mm-hmm. Just you can go down to South America. That's right. Other parts of North yeah, yeah. America that you can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that would be way that more be fun neat. than traveling back in time. I think. I think so. Yeah. I, because technically, would time have stood still? Yeah. Because it's been untouched. Right. right. It's like a That'd staycation. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stay here and dig right. deep into the woods. That's right. It's funny when uh, last summer me and my wife went camping, and then we, there was this trail that was supposed to take us to mm-hmm. this this waterfall. And I was like, "Well, the trail seems like it's you know too easy. That right, right. if we just cut across here, then it'll make it a little bit shorter, yeah. but it'll be more difficult. We'll be yeah, yeah. someplace that no one else has been but the bears." Yeah, yeah. And she was like, sort of panicking. And I'm like, oh, go, it'll be fine. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not that dangerous. And we get about 45 minutes into the walk, and then I started panicking. I'm like, well, we're not on a trail anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> in the right direction. I could have been totally turned around and heading right. too deep into the woods. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. we ended up turning around before we got to the waterfall, walked oh, okay. back to the trail. Um, the trail. <laughs> but how brave were the guys that never yeah, did yeah. that? That's why we have Vancouver yeah, yeah. and Calgary is that they, they took yeah. their horse or they walked it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Wow. Vancouver, before Vancouver existed. Chinatown was there. Yeah, true enough. Right. So right. the Chinese were there, they settled them. I, I remember rumors that uh, in Chinatown, there's all these uh, underground tunnels. In Vancouver or in Calgary? In Vancouver. Oh, I wouldn't Chinatown. be surprised. Because it's a port city, yeah, for yeah. one, yeah. and because of the, the, like, the drug trade yeah. and the slave yeah. trade and all that. Alcohol that, and all that. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be uh, probably a really big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I've been into the basements of some of the buildings in oh, Chinatown, yeah. and there's doors that don't go anywhere yeah, yeah. Uh, or that have been boarded up yeah, yeah. or you can see they're partly. That's cool. That's really cool. cool. And I don't know if you believe in this or not, but I believe that inanimate objects can hold memory. And we oh, yeah. feel those memories when you're yeah. inside it, right? You've been in a spooky house. You know, yeah, There's yeah. no reason for this to be yeah, spooky. Yeah, yeah. There's some kind of energy, is, right? Right. Yeah. And so being in the basement of a 150 or 200-year-old mm. building yeah. that you know has seen... Oh, history. Tons of stuff. <laughs> even walk around the streets of Chinatown mm-hmm. in Vancouver, which is the oldest part of Vancouver, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just get a way different feel yeah, yeah, yeah. for the place down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the people are different too, mm-hmm. right? And not even the, the Asian culture, yeah, or Chinese yeah. culture that's down there, but uh, the street people mm-hmm. and even the Caucasians that are yeah. walking down there, they're, they're different when they're in that yeah, setting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I believe that our whole surrounding has yeah, yeah. something over top yeah, of yeah, us. Yeah. Do they believe in stuff like that in Buddhism? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like oh, my parents are like so, so, what's the word? Superstitious. So superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That's part of the Asian culture as yeah. well, but also part of Buddhism. Um, yeah, I think mostly for, for the culture. I don't know about, like, I hate to say it. I'm not, I'm not a very good Buddhist. Yeah. <laughs> I eat meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a bad Buddhist. Yeah. Uh, I, I just like I, I, the, the religion piece of that. It's just, I, I love what it, what it says. The peacefulness. Right? The peacefulness, the, the always learning. Yeah. That it's okay to, to fail. Yeah. As long as you're learning. Right. Yeah. That there's pain in, in, in learning, yeah. which I absolutely agree with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just love the beauty of that, like, uh, and, and just the calmness of it, right? Like, it's very zen. I had a friend that was uh, Hare Krishna, which I think is very similar to Buddhism, or mm-hmm. it's like an offset of Buddhism. Right, right. And 
please don't get mad at me. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not a very good Buddhist, so I wouldn't be able to correct you, anyways. So, <laughs> but we would have these long talks. Is is uh, I became a Christian in my adult life. And I love again the peacefulness of it, mm. the the knowing that there's a, a greater thing watching over us and kind of guiding us and and giving us a better life. I love what other religions do as well. Mm. I went to uh, the World Religious Conference here oh, yeah. in uh, Airdrie, um, which you would think the World Religious Conference here in Airdrie, yeah, yeah. but they just they had a, a pastor there. They had had an Iman there, they had uh, a rabbi there, and they all just talked about community and giving, mm. and, and, and it was beautiful. It was yeah. beautiful to hear everyone's point of view. Mm. And so I like hearing about what other people, because I honestly think that they're not that far apart. No, I think all the basic principles are there, right? Yeah. Treat each other nicely, be kind. Right. There's there's a, a, a better, betterness at the end, right? right? Um, no, I, I think it's all based on kind of the same beliefs, Yeah. right? Uh, which is kind of nice, and and, and on the, sure. the other hand of it is like, so why are we always fighting about religion, right? Like, we, it's all you know what <laughs> I have a theory about that too. It's the same like when you look at uh, Muslims and mm-hmm. and stuff like that that they get a bad rap, but probably one percent of the Muslims are the the terrorist yeah. type. But you could say that about Christianity oh, too. You look yeah. at the Ku Klux Klan. That yeah. that was oh, a Christian based. Yeah. Not that they did it right, mm-hmm. but it was you know they all hide behind this yeah. thing. Where the majority of Christians and Buddhists yeah. and Hare Christians, kind, and they're, yeah. they're excellent people, yeah. great people Absolutely. to be around. And, it's just that one percent that gives the bad rap, and they stir everything up. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a saying that uh, if you're gonna stir the shit pot, you should have to lick the spoon. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's <laughs> what it needs to be. That's the way. Oh, we should bring it back. Should yeah, bring it back, yeah. Right? I, I was just going to say we're we're an hour and a half in. I loved yeah. I loved having this conversation yeah, no, with cool. you, and I'd love to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to plug uh, your your art? Yeah. Your... Um, so, well, it's, it's never about me. I, I never look at my life as as things about me. Um, but to plug plug the art show for the youth, uh, so misrepresentation, uh, still at Studio C till April thirtieth. Um, I wish I had a. Oh, just wait. Let me try to pull it up on my phone. Okay. Just their address. Um, yeah, and all the. We'll post it in all the social media yeah. too. And then so I'll send you the, the. Uh, all the links and the everything. Links and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's just. I just want to support those kids because um, it's something I just really believe in, and the kids are just they're they're deserving of it, right? right. So. Well, especially when people are starting something new, you have to encourage them. Um, you, you don't want them to feel bad about what they're doing. If you can go out and, and, you know, put a review in about the art that you've seen and just tell them, you know, how great it is and where are they going to be in five years and, and mm-hmm. be excited for for what people are doing. And just even just their passion. Like these kids have come so far, like as, as, as their teacher yeah. and just seeing their growth and their evolution. And they're so... It's so conscientious, right? Like I, I was talking to some of the, the uh, technicians and the people that worked at the gallery and they're just like, man, when we were their age, we, were, we would never have even thought of these things. Like it's right. insane. Yeah. And to just even just to be there and just to support them in some way um, would just be awesome. Uh, oh, here's our address. Uh, it's 1721 29th Ave Southwest, uh, number 235. It's in an old school and they just kind of turned it into a an arts hub, which is a, a really cool place. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, so everyone uh, go check out the uh, the art gallery yeah, done gallery. by the youth. Uh, check out Ray's... Um, I have uh, nothing there. <laughs> well, you can see all your old art. Uh, uh, not even my old art. It's just all... Oh, I guess you can check No, me I was going to say on your Instagram Oh, yeah, page. you can check me out on my That's, Instagram page. That's uh, at L-U-U-F-U, Lufu. 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 As in... Uh, 
yeah, it's just like uh, it's, it's fu in in Chinese or in Cantonese, I guess. Yeah, is master or teacher. So oh, very it's teacher cool. Liu, teacher. Yeah. Or Master Lu, or Master whatever, right? Lu, so, yeah. All the old uh, martial arts movies. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's like Sifu, right? Sifu. So then I just yeah. turned into a Lufu. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so cool. So, yeah, so that's kind of where that came from. Awesome. Uh, and I think it was uh, my former students I actually kind of nicknamed that after I punished them in, like, w- during my coaching, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I just have so much good memories and, and I miss it so much. Uh, yeah. Just just the way that I was able to operate uh, with the coaching stuff. And, and, and yeah, I, I'll admit, I struggle. Uh, in our, in my new school, yeah, um, it's hard to kind of fit in as as kind of a creative thinker, yeah, um, and also as someone that that's found success doing other things, uh, whether that's coaching in athletics or yeah, the art stuff, um, yeah, it's it's, it's different, it's, it's 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 strange. Well, um, you got anything new coming up? Please let us know, and we'll oh, share sure. it, or we'll bring you back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited to uh, see what you have coming out in the future, and we're definitely going to try to. I'm going to try to get my daughter down to see the art show there uh, yeah. before it ends, so she can see what other yeah, yeah. young artists are I doing. I think the as biggest, well. the biggest compliment. Um, I had a, a colleague go down there, yeah. and he brought his kids. And uh, right when he got home, his youngest daughter uh, was sitting there drawing. Because she was nice. inspired, right? And yeah. I was like, I think, and I didn't, like, like it, it's been sitting with me for, for about a week now. Yeah. And I was like, man, I think that was probably the coolest thing, like, yeah. out, out of that night. And and our opening night was kind of like the worst night ever. <laughs> so it was the first first game for the playoffs. So the Flames playoff game was oh, game one. so no one wants to And show. then there was a blizzard. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right, the there was. Uh, so, yeah, so, like, we still had about 75 people show up, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and pieces were selling. Uh, but I was like, oh man, why is it like, it was just bad timing, right? There's yeah. things that nothing could happen, but, but yeah, just, just going home and I was trying to find some, some positive out of it. Yeah. Uh, outside of like the successes of the artists, uh, just find my own personal success Yeah. was, oh man, I inspired a kid through the show, uh, to go home and create art. Yeah. Like that's awesome. It that's, is awesome. That's fantastic, right? That should be what the goal is for everyone, is just mm-hmm. to inspire the next artist, yeah. right? Or and even the ones that are there to, mm-hmm. to do a little bit better, a little bit more. And that's the teaching philosophy. Like like for me, I, I don't care if you learn anything, but be inspired by something I said or something I did. Or be inspired by what you see, Yes. right? And and I think that's that's the goal, yeah. outside of just being a nice, kind human being. Yes. Be inspired and, and inspire other people. That is a great way to end it. That's, everyone that's do something that's inspiring. That's right. Get inspired by those around you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, Jay, thanks. Thank you for coming yeah, on. Yeah, was cool. This was that's awesome. Fine. I look forward to having you back again. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs>